Welcome to the Wander Learn Podcast. I'm your host, Frank Stapp. On this episode, I talk all about house-sitting. I have a couple who have been house-sitting all over the world. They have become experts. They have their own website. They have their own course on how to become a professional house-sitter. You're going to learn a lot from this episode. If you've ever wanted to, let's say, go somewhere, stay in a house, and all you got to do is take care of some animals, and then you get to live amongst the environment, it's very cool. This episode was sponsored by Tour Radar. Tour Radar is a trusted online marketplace that allows you to search for tens of thousands of different tours all in one place. If you have a preferred destination or preferred travel style, you just tell Tour Radar what that is and then they will do the rest. They will sift through all their tours and present to you some of the most awesome tours to take. And right now, WanderLearn listeners have a chance to win an amazing travel contest. All you got to do is go to tourradar.com slash wanderlearn to have your chance to win. Every month, there's a new contest. Enter in to tourradar.com slash wanderlearn. And now enjoy this episode all about house sitting. Welcome to the Wander Learn Podcast. I'm your host, Frantz Tapon. In this episode, I have Jay and Brittany of travelinghousesitters.com. Welcome, guys. Thanks Thanks. for having us. Yeah, (laughs) nice to meet you. So we're on a rush here because Jay's got to go run and catch a plane to where? Um, I'm off to the Caribbean in a couple of hours to look after a cat on a catamaran for the next four months. Did you say you're looking after a cat in a catamaran? (laughs) Yes. It'll be, um, it's a little bit different for us. Normally we look after um, houses, but this time, um, yeah, changing it up and looking after a catamaran. No, but did you say you're looking after a cat in a catamaran? <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> really? What, I mean, can't, doesn't there a risk that the cat just like jumps off the boat? Well, that was my number one question when um, we got the email about it. And the cat has gone overboard once or twice, but apparently doesn't. the cat's not too concerned if it does. It's normally just kind of hanging out around the boat, and I shouldn't be too worried, apparently. <laughs> I think he's got, a, he's got a good life, that cat. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a very relaxed cat. <laughs> How old is this cat? Do you have that? Yeah, so the cat is eight years old. So he's lived okay. on the... He's lived on the catamaran for four four years. Interesting. I think it would be easier if the cat had just been born on the catamaran. I know. <laughs> that would have been better. I mean, just that, that that's that's his only existence. He just figures all cats live like this. <laughs> <laughs> no, he um he's got a pretty nice life. He likes hanging out, just kind of checking out the other boats because the boat is moored in a quite a big port, so there's quite a few other boats around. So he kind of likes keeping an eye on things. Tell us a little bit more about how you got that job. Uh, So with this particular house sit, the lady emailed us about three months ago. And when the email came through, she said, um, you know, I'm going away for three or four months over Christmas. Um, It's going to be looking after a cat on a catamaran. And this is something I've always wanted to do. Like I've always wanted to have a boat and kind of sail around. So I was straight away writing back to her just kind of confirming kind of like how you confirmed are you sure it's a cat on a catamaran (laughs) (laughs) exactly that's (laughs) like it sounds like a like a typo or something yeah so so we confirmed that and she said yes it is and she sent some photos through and then normally once we kind of discuss the basics over email we normally jump on a video call and then that way you know she can show me around and get a bit more personal with organizing so everything from there. 
Wow, amazing. <laughs> this is just this is crazy. And Brittany, what do you think of this whole thing? I'm very jealous, but I'd really committed to going home to see my family in Australia. So Okay, but why why don't you like go t- take care of a dog on a dog moran? well i'll be joining in the him on the catamaran in february so i'll have my christmas at home and then and then i think that gives him time to kind of figure out all the uh things we need to know first so he kind of gets there sorts everything out and then i just get to come on in and hang Mm, out i get to (laughs) suss out the island and get everything with the boat under control and get the wi-fi sorted yeah get all the essentials sorted so she can come in and just yeah smooth sailing (laughs) literally (laughs) uh how long is this gig gonna last um so it's till the end of march so mid-november till the end of march wow that's a that's a pretty long house sit isn't it yeah, this will be the longest that we've done. Normally, just because we like to move around and sort of travel a lot, we normally go for sits anywhere from sort of one to two months. So this is, yeah, this is a lot longer than normal. And are this one being paid or no? Uh, no. So no house sitting okay. that we do is paid. It's wow. more of, we sort of do more of a you know exchange accommodation for looking after the home and animals and and she discovered you this catamaran owner discovered you through your website uh yes is that how nowadays you're getting most of your business oh probably 50 50 i we do check the websites where we're going so because we've been traveling through europe for the last six months now we we kind of lined up a lot of our house sits when we started so i'd be just checking the websites and then a a few of them came to us like uh, we house sat in Montenegro, which was actually another couple. So we had another couple that they, they were just finishing up. Um, they just sold their boat in the Caribbean, and they had two cats. They were moving their cats off their off their boat. Not <laughs> yes. a cat, not a catamaran. So we kind of acclimatized those cats to apartment life. <laughs> yeah. So these were two American cats that had been. Uh, well, one was from Puerto Rico. One was one from Florida, the cats, and we helped them adjust to apartment life. Was this in Cotor, Montenegro, or where? Uh, it was in, so it's, it was just over the border from Croatia. It was a little town called Herzenovin. Herzenovin. Yeah, Herzenovin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've been there yes. a couple of times. It's nice. It's, be- it's a beautiful. It's beautiful. Island. It is. It's beautiful. It's not, it's a bit different from Couture. It doesn't have the cruise ships come in. It's a little mm. more local, more, lots of Russians, but, yeah. um, but we, had, we, we had an apartment overlooking the entire bay. It was beautiful. And we were there just sort of as the tourist season was dying down. So when we arrived there, it was really, really busy and it was a little bit much. But after a, we were there for six weeks, so the last kind of three or four weeks was really nice. And kind of all the tourists had left and it was very empty. Tell us a little bit about your favorite websites of where you go to get, you said about 50-50 from your website as well as from um, other, I could suppose, other websites or other contacts. What are those websites that you typically use or how did you get this thing whole started? Um, I would probably use Trusted House Sitters the most just because it's the most worldwide, has probably has the most sits worldwide on it. But then as I've been traveling through Europe, there's a little more uh, location-specific ones. There's one called Normador, which is more European based. And then in Australia, I would probably use um, Aussie House Sitters, which has a lot more uh, range on there as well. But otherwise, and then oh, I was going to say before, one with Montenegro, that one was actually um, the girl found us on Facebook. So we were just um, looking 
well, looking on the uh, Montenegro webs on the Montenegro expats group, if anyone was looking for a house sitter, and she reached out to me. But how did she find you on Facebook? Ah, uh, because I just put a little. Um, I looked on the uh, expats in Montenegro, and she was looking for a house sitter. Oh, so you found her effectively? Yes, yes. By yes. By, by seeing her ad there, I see. Okay, so trusted house sitter was good for worldwide. What about for the United States for people who prefer United States? I think that Trusted House Sitter is probably the best one in the U.S. as well. Yeah, there's a lot of house sits on Trusted House Sitters for the U.S. It's, I'd say Trusted House Sitters is the most popular platform worldwide. But probably the most competitive, which is... Yeah, it's good for, um, for homeowners to put their house on there. But for house sitters, there's a lot of competition. So you have to be very fast to kind of apply for a sit. And yeah, your communication has to be really good. We haven't actually applied for any in the U.S. before, so I know there are a few more just U.S.-specific ones. So if we're going there, I'd probably look more into that because we are thinking of looking at going to Mexico after. I was about to the- I was about to ask you, Brittany, about Latin America. If the, if also trusted house sitters rules in Latin America very well. Yes, well, I think there's house. There's an actual website of house in Mexico. So I've been looking at that because we're thinking of going to Mexico after the Caribbean. So that's probably the next. I'll start looking at play into that in January and try and lock something in for when we finish up in uh, March. Now, entrusted house sitters, just focus on that for a second. They ask you to pay a annual membership fee, don't they? Yes. So it's for homeowners and house sitters. I think it's one hundred nineteen dollars per year um, for your membership. Yeah, okay. it's, it's, sounds... it's the most expensive one. Right. But, but yeah. I mean, on the other hand, some people could think of it as like, even if you just get one night at a house sit for free, then that kind of pays for itself. That's the logic. Yeah. Well, we had a month in Rome and that one was done through Trusted House Sitters. So what, I think one night in Rome would be $119. For yeah. That's we what I'm saying. Whole, yeah. We <laughs> yeah. had a whole apartment to ourselves. So it definitely pays for itself. And in Rome, were you taking care of a cat as well? No, we had a dog. <laughs> We had a, we, he was, I think he was four months old. He was a cute little puppy. Yes. That's a lot of maintenance. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) I know that because I, I do some, I do uh, dog sitting for and house sitting for Rover. If you've never heard of Rover.com, it's popular in the United States. I have heard of it, but yeah, we haven't looked into it before. Yeah. That one. Anyway. uh, Can you, you can charge on Rover, can't you? That's the big difference between Rover and a lot of the other platforms. You, in fact, you have to charge something. I mean, you have to charge at least $5 a night or $10 a night. I think $10 is the minimum and Rover takes a 20% commission. Oh, wow. The cheaper rates, at least here in the San Francisco Bay area, which is ridiculously expensive. It's like $40 a night is your cheapest house sit, um, that an owner can get usually. And I suppose, you know, you know, you, you got to wonder why don't these owners just go to these free websites for house sits. And I suppose maybe there's this notion that when you're paying for something, you kind of like can demand service more aggressively yes. than if you're not. I think, ho- I think homeowners are sometimes more comfortable when there's a money exchange because they feel that there's more of a contractable agreement there. And they're a bit more accountable as well. Like sometimes we apply for sits and talk to people and... We sometimes wonder, you know, is this homeowner going to turn around and go, oh, actually, um, you know, we might need to change something or 
just cancel it. Just cancel on us. And how 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 many times has that happened to you guys? Where uh, you got cancelled? We've only had one occurrence where the dates have changed. So we've been quite lucky not to have anyone just cancel on us or change anything that's really impacted us too much. Yeah, I think the homeowners just had they had to come home a week earlier, so they didn't really. And we had the camper van, so. We were lucky. So some people, if they don't have a home base or anywhere to go, that can be quite hard because you have to go and either try and find another house sit or book somewhere to stay. But we had our our car, so it kind of worked out okay for us. Do you still have that same car? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, funny story with, with the camper. So we were driving from Montenegro to Greece to Athens for our house sit. And we got about six hours into the drive in Albania. Rural, very rural Albania. Yeah, very rural Albania. And the car just turned off while we were driving. And we were stuck on the side of the road. Um, but long story short, we found these local kind of mechanic guys and they worked over the whole weekend to try to get the car going. But... There was no luck, and it was very rural, and and we had and we had to be at our next house sit in two days, and and they, he said to us, "I can get it fixed, but it, it could take three or four days." And yeah, so we ended up. Long story short, we ended up talking to them, and they bought the car off us in Albania, and we got all of our gear. Um, I had like a like a road bike, and we had all of our camping gear and all of that. We ended up giving it to the Albanian guys and just leaving with a couple of backpacks. <laughs> that is such an awesome story. Probably wasn't fun at the moment, but what a great tale of flexibility in travel. Yeah, that's one thing that we really enjoy about this lifestyle is things can change so drastically for us you know, in a 24-hour period or... Over a week. <laughs> well, Greece kind of was our last destination on our European trip, so we were going to sell the car there, but now there's a Albanian man with a <laughs> French camper van. <laughs> but it's actually, we when we first uh, broke down, there was a little fruit stand next to us, and we went over and asked the gentleman if, if they could help look at the car. And one of the one of the men, he was so concerned about us, he ended up spending the entire weekend with us. He um he insisted we go home with him on the second night because we just stayed in the camper van in the workshop the first night he took us home the second night because he wanted to introduce us to his whole family and then we met the whole family and then he took us out to his uh, favorite restaurant and it was amazing and we still talk to him to this day <laughs> yeah like he gave us a little town tour <laughs> yeah wow and he yeah t- albanians and he, are very hospitable he, um, he even like the morning in the uh, workshop, he came to the uh, he came there and brought us breakfast, and he was very concerned. He just wanted to look after us, and it was amazing. Mm, and like he really wanted us to meet his mum. Like his mum, I think she was about nineteen ninety five, and she had never met anyone from like Australia or New Zealand. And so we spent a couple of hours with her, and she incredible. Yeah, gave us a bunch of local food, and yeah, she was. She was really kind of smitten by Brittany, I think. <laughs> wow, that's such a great story. Yes, it's an amazing travel adventure. Now, just going back to a little bit your pricing model, in other words, the fact that you don't charge anything. Um, have you? I imagine that as you've grown in reputation, you've got like a lot of references. You have a, a significant website. You guys are an authority on this issue. Why don't you charge something, even a nominal fee? Um, there's a couple of different reasons, but 
I guess since we're always in different countries, if we do end up charging, just the whole tax issue becomes a little bit messy. So for that reason, it's easier just to keep money completely out of anything. And we also work full time as well. So for us, this yeah, we have that sort of regular income. So there's no need for us to charge on top of sort of a service that we enjoy. And I know it's just we just like the mutual benefit, I guess. Now the jobs that you do, I mean, I imagine one of them is maybe just maintaining the website is one at least a side gig. Uh, What other jobs do you do? Uh, We're both web developers. So we both work from home. So that's that's kind of the service we offer to homeowners as well. We're always, we're at home most of the day. So for for homeowners who either they work from home or the animals are used to having someone around all day, we can keep it in that same routine. Right. I think maybe, maybe one day in the future we can look into charging, but. Mm, It's just, yeah, it's just, (laughs) it's nice and simple at the moment. And yeah, we just don't want to complicate things with charging and. Yeah. Right. I guess you I guess you'll get to that road when all of a sudden you're getting such demand like some people are really wanting you or something like that. At at this point I imagine the demand is not high enough to justify it. And and I guess you want and probably the sweetest house deals are definitely not being uh the ones that the, the stay in Rome for one month, you're definitely not going to get paid for that because there's just a long line of people who are willing to do that for free. In fact, willing to pay for the privilege of being there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I think for that particular sit, there was I think thirty five other applicants for that one house. So yeah, if you're trying to charge on top of that, you've got no chance. I don't think. Right, right, exactly, right. But if you're willing to, let's say, you want to like house sit in northern Canada during the winter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some people might get a little bit more desperate and be willing to <laughs> pay anything, but. Like the way that we do it, I guess we look for house sits and locations that we want to go. So it's, you know, we don't really. Uh, so wait a second. So Jade or, or maybe Brittany, if you could explain a little bit about your methodology, because one way is I've seen, a, I, I just talked with somebody who she has a house and she does house swapping effectively. Now, home exchanges as they're called. But my question is that, she basically doesn't have a destination in mind. She just looks for the opportunity to people who say, hey, let's change houses. And she just goes with the flow. Like she has no idea if it'll be Croatia or it'll be Australia or whoever, wherever. It sounds like you, you guys have a destination in mind and then you look for a house that's there. Is that correct? I would say it's almost a mix of the two. Like I've always wanted to go to the Caribbean, for example, but it was never really on our, I guess, kind of hit list for house sitting locations. But when the opportunity came up, it was hard to say no to. But then, say for this European kind of trip that we've just done, we wanted to start in the UK and finish up in Greece. So I guess we do have a a slight outline in mind, but then if things change, we're very adaptable. Like if, if a good offer comes up or a good location or something like that, we can't say no. It sounds like she's sick or she's got some coughing attack. Yeah, over the last couple of days, we've got a little bit sick. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yes, well, the pleasures of uh, traveling and getting introduced to new viruses all the time. Yeah, I think the weather's just changed a little bit here in Athens. It's got a little bit cold, so I think that's been a bit of a shock to the system for us. Yeah, we just we, we just finished up a house that um, actually it was next to the uh, Acropolis in Athens, and we had about 
I'll have to say about 20 tour buses a day going past our window. So I think we've <laughs> we got inundated. Uh, where our office was was inundated by fumes. I think that might have got, uh, <laughs> got us a bit sick. Now, what advice would you give to somebody who's got no track record? Because definitely it's so much easier to do it uh, when you have a track record. But when you've got 35 people applying for one gig and you're, you're a novice, I mean, boy, I guess you've got to start applying for those jobs in northern Canada in the winter. That's how you get started. <laughs> well, I probably, the best advice I could give is uh, looking at holiday periods. Because at the moment, coming up to Christmas, uh, we're just getting so many emails about people looking for someone to care for their animals. So I think holiday periods are a really good time to get started just because supply and demand. There's so much demand at the moment and you can re- you can really lock in a lot more house, house sits at the moment. So I'd think try and do a few over the holiday periods and get a few references and then you can kind of build on that and then kind of look into places that you do want to go more. So when, when, when we started, we were living in London and to build up a few references, we started doing house sits locally around London. So some people would ask us, oh, why do you want to house sit here? It's just down the road. And we'd say, oh, we're looking you know, to do this as more of a full-time thing. We're just looking to build up a reference base. And What I think year was that? The, oh, that was back like in... About 2014, maybe? Yeah, 2014 or 15, I think. So but roughly five people, years ago. So you've been yeah. at it for roughly five years. Yeah. But yeah, we've, we've like, found, I think we're on about year three now. So it might have been 2000, the end of 2015, yeah. that was. So we've done about 30 house sets now. So we've only been, we're doing it full time for the last like 18 months. But before that, we, uh, we were in London for two years. And then we spent a year in Ireland where we did a few house sets there. And then we spent a year back in Melbourne and we spent the entire time house sitting there. What's a really uh, good horror story of a house sit? <laughs> house, house sit's gone wrong. <laughs> so, um, so far with the sits, we've actually been really lucky to not really have any, any big issues. Um, what's a good house story? Or maybe, and just maybe it could be mine. Maybe you get there and the place is a fucking mess and it's just a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've had a couple of places where we've turned up and we've just had to clean. say do like a big clean for ourselves to be happy in the house. Um, there's definitely been a couple of those. Another one was the fact that you had to take care of a puppy. Maybe the puppy was more high maintenance than you expected. <laughs> well, we've... We had, um, we looked after in New Zealand, a Newfoundland and that dog is, yeah, it was bigger than me and the homeowners didn't tell us anything about the dog jumping on the bed at nighttime or anything. So one night I was in bed reading and the dog came in and jumped on the bed and like it took up the whole bed and I was like, uh, Brittany, Brit, um, can you come here? And she came in and the dog was just sprawled out on top of me. And would not and would not get off the bed. He was just, he's like, I'm here for the night. We literally, we had to both lift him off. <laughs> so we get a lot, a lot of things like that. Just kind of small things that homeowners don't tell you that you might appreciate knowing. We did have one um, woman, her dog was on, he was on about four different types of heart medication. And she was going to Bali and she said, look, the vet said he's, most likely going to die soon. Um, if he does, 
here's my mum's number. I don't want to know about it. <laughs> yeah, she said, just keep sending me photos and you know, like a, a regular update as you normally would. And just when when we get when I get home, we'll you know, we'll, we'll go it over it because I just don't want to know on my holiday. She goes, just tell my mum. And because <laughs> we are in a Facebook group with other house sitters, and Jay said he saw the other day a woman was saying that. Yeah, um, it was a house sitter in Australia and she posted in our Facebook group saying that she had just experienced the second dog die on her and she was just wondering if like, it happens to other people or you know, what other people have done in that situation. But like, it, it is kind of common, I think, because a lot of the time you are looking after animals who are on medication and need like a little bit more, more assistance or a little bit more care. But yeah, we're quite lucky that's been the closest that we've came to sort of anything like that happening. Now, tell us some of your tips because some people like probably get involved in more problems than you do. So is there anything when you're reviewing a potential house sit, any gotchas, you're like flags that tell you, "Uh uh-oh, this one could be trouble. Let's not apply to that one. Um, We like to find out as much as we can about the animals first. Um. Like and by the way, there's it's almost always involved. There's always an animal involved, usually, you would say, right? Yeah. We, we haven't actually done any just pure house sits before. But I think a red flag for me would be, I actually, some people, this one woman, she wanted the dog walked three times a day for an hour and a half each time. <laughs> which I was like, and that's the thing. A lot of people tell you that their animal goes out for two maybe hour and a half walks a day and you take the dog for the, in the first few days you take the dog and on the third day, the dog's looking at you like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> I do not, they never take me, they never take me this much. And you're like, it's one dog. It literally would hide when we went to go take it for a walk. And I'm like, I don't think it goes for these uh, hour and a half walks, Jay. <laughs> so I think that's, yeah, just look at how often the dog needs to be walked and maybe just bring that up when you're talking to the homeowner. Because it can get quite dangerous if you know if a homeowner tells us walk the dog for three hours a day, we're going to do that. So, yeah, if the dog's not used to it, yeah, it's not too good for the dog to all of a sudden be going for two one-hour walks a day. What other gotchas or anything like that do you look for that uh, tell you that maybe this is a, a not a good one to apply to? We did apply for one, and the woman had I think she had fifteen cats. What? Uh, yeah, yeah, fifteen, and that. I looked. I looked Was it, at it. Were they all on? A, were they all on a catamaran too? <laughs> I we might have considered it then, maybe. Um, no, and then I was like, oh god, I like cats, but not that much. I think then, like a cleanliness issue comes into it. Like with fifteen cats, you know, running around the house all the time. Yeah, you have to think about you know, what kind Litter. of conditions the house going to be in. Like, yes. we don't mind a little, like, what, know, what country was this? And... What city was, that was this? In, that was in France. It was in rural France. Interesting. Wow. Yes. I mean, and these were indoor cats, not, or like both indoor and outdoor, I guess. Because 15 cats outdoor, is okay. Yes. If it's 15 cats, but if they're all like permanently outdoors, then fine. And that's, and so, and that's a full time job, then, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, no we, don't, we don't mind spending a few hours a day, like, walking and doing all the feeding and that but when you have that many animals <laughs> yeah no i mean I, I i again like i do i do some rover house sits and 
and I definitely see like puppies require so much more attention. Um, you, you have to, I, I do worry about also about when they give me these senior citizens that are like halfway to the grave and I'm like, oh shit, are they going to die under my yes. fucking watch? <laughs> so it's, Rover's quite, and would you say Rover's more popular in, in San Francisco than trusted house it is? I don't know. Um, I've never even looked at trusted. I think it's there are probably very different markets. I'm guessing. Uh, I'm guessing like at Rover in general. I I, I don't know because I haven't done trusted house sitters. But my guess is that trusted house sitters are generally longer term things. Versus Rover might just say we need you for a weekend or one week. Versus trusted house sitters, I think are longer term, maybe uh, several weeks or months. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. They mean, can't have every, they have everything on there from a couple of days, but there are, it is probably more over a week, more over two weeks than that. Right, yeah, and and with Rover, the maximum I ever had was like a month. That was the maximum. Um, so it's it's usually just uh, a weekend or a week or something like that, maybe two weeks. Like right now, tomorrow, not tomorrow. I guess, yeah, tomorrow I'm going to start a two week one. But again, it's coming, as you said, I think that your advice was brilliant, which is get involved in this during the holidays, because that's when everybody, the demand soars up through the roof. It's incredible. Um, it is. I'm getting emails every day. <laughs> wow. So again, that makes me think, you know, you sh- this that's a sign that you should maybe start charging. But, you know, who knows? I reckon we look into it maybe next year. Yeah. yeah. Saw that the whole tech side of it and... Yeah, it could be something down the track to look into. But I think definitely going into the into the Caribbean. I think that um, we have heard advice before that going into other countries, it, you, to say you're working there, and it can bring a whole visa issue into it. With your catamaran, I'm still jealous about this experience you're about to have. Um, is it you're not actually going to sail anywhere, are you? No. So it's moored in a bay, so it's not attached to a wharf or anything like that, but. I can only move it with like assistance from kind of the other people around if um, like a hurricane or anything bad comes through. So there's kind okay. of like a an evacuation plan where I need to move it to like a sheltered little area. But other than that, it's just kind of maintaining the boat as it's moored. Okay. Okay. So yeah, so it's definitely uh, a perfect house sit in that sense. Uh, but But yeah, you can't go take it for a spin. <laughs> It'll be really nice. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know how to sail? Um, I don't. We've done a couple of little sailing trips before and it would be something that I'd love to learn how to do. So this could be like a stepping stone into yeah, learning to sail. Where do you guys want to go next? Like what's your like your longer term vision? When I say next, I mean like next, next, like in the 2020s, like the next decade. I mean, do you have like this grand plan? Like, I'm just going to keep this going on, see how it goes. Or at some point, what's your, your plan of attack? Well, I haven't really, I've looked uh, into South America for 2020 and I really haven't looked past that. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, th- okay. I think we'll keep, we'll keep house sitting probably indefinitely. Yeah. We have no intention of stopping kind of this lifestyle at this stage. Like we've just kind of put in a lot of work to be at the point where we can kind of travel full time, still be making an income and kind of have that flexibility and freedom. So yeah, we want to enjoy kind of what we've built for a little while longer. Mm-hmm. And how do you find jobs in web development? What is your, do you use guru.com or freelancer.com or? Uh, we used to use Upwork and then we've kind of built a client base. So we're kind of just working. We used to work on that platform, but we kind of have got our own clients now. So we're working through that 
ourselves. What's the name of it? Artwork? Uh, Upwork. Art up, uh, work. Oh, up, up work. Up work. Up work. Yes, okay. yes. Yeah, yeah. Up work. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Yes, finally. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, so we, sorry. I do. So I do speak English sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's, uh, it's my. I'm losing my voice at the moment. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you you started with Upwork, but then you kind of some of those Upwork clients turned into kind of like permanent clients, which you just kind of kept, and you're still maintaining their websites and doing stuff for them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Right. Okay. Great. Um. And then what about your relationship itself? I mean, does, do you think that you have some other challenges as a couple that, let's say, couples that are landlocked and in a fixed home location don't have? I think the hardest part or the most challenging part would be traveling together full time and also working together full time. So it's a little bit different from, you know, like a traditional relationship where you, know, you both go off to work for the day and then come home again. So, we're, we're probably been we've been we've, we've been in each other's presence probably with within a meter or two for the last <laughs> six months, and so I think as of today, when Jay leaves the Caribbean, I won't see him for two months. So it's going to be a bit of a shock to the system. And wow! So this is the first time the first time that you guys have separated for any more than like a week. Yeah. Well, last year Jay spent he went back because Jay's originally from New Zealand, so he went home for Christmas last year. And then he had a house in Thailand and I met him over in Thailand before we headed off on our European trip. So that we were apart for about two months then. So since February this year, we haven't been apart for more than two meters apart, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> now, would you say that some people, let's say, uh, ever ask, say, no, we don't want a couple. We just want one person because a couple consumes twice the amount of water or whatever. No, I've never actually had someone say, some people do request a single female. I think sometimes cats are more comfortable with a, a male or a female, whatever they're used to. But actually we did have one house sit which said, because I said I was coming back to Melbourne and I said I wouldn't be with Jay. And he said, oh, sorry, I'm looking for a couple just because my dog, I have two dogs and they're quite a handful and we want two people to take them out. So it kind of works both ways. Sometimes I do want two people and sometimes – you see in the uh, in the request they're only looking for a single person. What about the percentage of house sits that are don't have animals? Would you say maybe five percent, two percent of the ones? Not the ones I know you've never had one, but of the opportunities that are out there that you've applied for. I've seen a lot um, on house sit Mexico. That seems to be more just because that uh, Americans don't want their homes sitting empty down there over the winter. So I think a lot of people in those kind of locations do look for just pure house sitters. But in Melbourne, I've come across a couple of just just house sits. But yeah, probably 5 10% are without animals, I think. But then a lot of those ones, they do have a lot of applicants. As soon as you see there's no pets, everyone just jumps on them. So I think you do need to be quite lucky and quite fast to get on these ones. But it's, it's not really something that we try to target because we do enjoy um, you know, hanging out with animals and because we do work while we're doing this, it is good to be able to walk a dog twice a day and get away from the computer. And you know, if, if there's a dog to walk, normally the owner's got some good parks and good areas for us to go to so we can go check out you know, places we're not kind of just aimlessly walking around the town in the tourist areas. So that's kind of a big bonus for us that we do like 
you know, having animals fly. What about going to more exotic locations like Burkina Faso or Djibouti or Afghanistan or, you know, do, do they have houses ever in those lo- kind of wacky locations or is it always kind of like these high income countries? Absolutely everywhere. I actually saw one in K- Kabul, Kabul yesterday. Um, even if you just oh, jump I mean the, the capital house- of Afghanistan? Yeah, yeah, I saw one there yesterday. And if you jump on Trusted House, it is their homepage. This is the front page. Usually, just it just has sort of a random mix of um, what's been uploaded in the last twenty four hours, and there are some usually pretty interesting ones. I think nowadays that there's a lot more people working in different countries, and there's a lot more expats around. It's becoming more, you know, more common to get houses in these sort of more out of the way locations, and kind of as. As housing is getting a bit more popular and a bit more known, it seems like there's a lot more locations opening up. I'm just looking on the homepage of Trusted House. It is now, and I can see there's about two or three in Japan, which we'd love to go do, and then Shanghai, Canada. I was thinking like Siberia or you know somewhere that, <laughs> or, you know, like Syria or yeah, I don't know, Iran, Iraq. I would, I would love to like jump on a house that somewhere like that. South Sudan. You know, Somalia. <laughs> well, I'm going to be where the house sit is in the Caribbean. I'm going to be quite close to Trinidad. Okay. So you can start looking for house sits over that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can start spreading yeah. the word about house sitting in, in those locations. Okay, so um, so they, they exist, but they're kind of obviously, I guess, rare, I suppose. But um, it is remarkable how worldwide it is. Do you ever have a problem where, like, you just can't get a house sit? Because it sounds like... They're all over the place. They're constant. It's just there's a plethora of supply, especially if you consider Northern Hemisphere. One person's winter is the other person's summer. And you have all these options. I mean, do you ever have a choice where like you're like, oh, God, I can't we can't find something? Yeah, it has come up now and then. But luckily, back in Melbourne, I have my family there so I can stay with them if I wasn't to find something. Kind of that period before Christmas, it does kind of. A lot of people aren't taking holidays. So there aren't a lot around, but we've never really come. It always seems to work out. We've always seemed to find something. Like we've always because said what we'd, you, go, we'd go get an Airbnb or something if we had to, but we've never had to do that. Really? You've never had to like succumb to renting a place even for a few days to kind of like tie in two houses? We actually, well, we, we finished up one. We were about an hour outside of Athens, just on the coast, and we are there for six weeks. And we had a three-week gap between that one finishing up and the one in Athens starting. So we we went out to the islands and rented a place for three weeks. So we kind of – it wasn't okay. really – yeah, so we were staying on the island and enjoying ourselves and still exploring. But, yeah, throughout sort of the six months that we've been in Europe, that wasn't such an issue for us because we had the camper van. So we would kind of – plan the house that's with a week or so in between to drive around and kind of go camping for a few days and do it that way. But sometimes if we we don't have the camper or something like that, since we house it as a couple, we can overlap for a day or two if it means, you know, to lock in another house set. So instead okay. of having a, a few days gap, we might have an overlap where we're... One of us is one place and the other one is a different Oh, that's the, that's the brilliant thing about having a couple is that one person can go ahead and the other guy stays behind yeah. until, you know, got it. Yeah, now, so in, 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 go ahead. 
I was just going to say, so when we were house-sitting in Melbourne for the year last year, um, we didn't really have any gaps just because we had overlaps like that. I'm so fascinated by all these discussions that we have, but like, what's in it for you? I mean, like, what do you want to, it, you, you don't want to, so far it's not, you don't really want to charge money. So I'm like, are, why are you evangelizing the house-sitting thing uh, for what any particular reason? You just want more people to know it exists or maybe get more house owners to like throw their house up there? <laughs> no i've actually been well we we get a lot of questions about house sitting everyone seems to want to know how to get started so we have uh, we on our website we do have some um information for people about how to get started as house sitters but then we've kind of in the last six months we've put together a, a kind of really in-depth course about getting started as a house sitter so we're trying to uh, show people that it, it is a sustainable lifestyle and then they can travel and do that as well uh, it's a way for us as well because we love traveling. So it's a way for us to travel long term and still have the comforts of home and have animals because like we've both lived on working holiday visas in different countries before. And it's quite hard, you know, if you're working somewhere for six months or one year to bring your pets with you or do that kind of thing. So it's a way that you can or that we can kind of merge everything that we kind of enjoy in one lifestyle. So, Brittany, uh, tell us a little bit about that course that you guys offer. How does it work? How much does it cost? Or where do people get it? Uh, it's They can find it on our website. So, they just head over there and there's a little link on the homepage. And it's $119. And it'll kind of teach you everything from if you're even suited to the lifestyle to where you, what sort of platforms you should sign up to where to kind of build your whole reference base and we kind of we even have a little document there that gives you all the links to all the all the places where you can find your police checks because we find having a police check can really make homeowners a lot more comfortable and then we go through then uh interview processes and then walk you through what you the kind of the communication even leading up to the house sit so we all, we have a big document we always send to our homeowners, which kind of gives us all the information, all the questions we're going to ask at the handover. Because that way, rather than getting there and the homeowner's packing and they're doing all their last minute things and you're trying to ask silly questions like, when do the bins go out? And so if we have that, we kind of, we wanted to give all this information to someone because it is quite overwhelming when you get there and you don't, you want to ask these questions, but you're a little bit unsure. So these are the kind of things that we've learned along the way that we wish we knew at the start because then you're messaging the homeowner on their, their nice holiday asking these things. And then we kind of, so we go through the handover and then on the sit and then if you have any emergencies or problems and then we move into finishing up the sit and then making sure you lock in the, re like how to get your references and also that we how we recommend having your own website as well, which help because you can have the platforms, but then it's good to have kind of your own your own online presence as well. And then because we also get a lot of questions from people about how we earn well house sitting full time, so we added a little section in there about working remotely. So if someone did want to house sit full time, so you can't really be in one location and working in one city if you're moving around the world. So we put a, like a whole section in there about where to find jobs remotely and the skill set, how you could apply your skill set to these kind of jobs as well. That sounds fantastic. Now, is this content mostly written or is it also like a video format? Uh, it's uh, written and video format. 
Got it. Yeah. Oh no, it sounds this, it sounds quite comprehensive, and it just coincidentally it costs the same amount as the trusted house sitter annual membership. Well, actually, we that is very as a coincidence. We didn't even think of that. <laughs> <laughs> just, I was like, okay, well, does it come included, or <laughs> um, maybe you should just charge it double and just say we get you a one year membership included. In the price, but um, that's right, or yeah, or work out some sort of occasional special offer for $199. Uh, you can get this and a one year membership. Um, but yeah, so that that's fantastic that you guys have put together this resource and remind people where to get it to what's the website. Uh, so it's the traveling house sitters, so the traveling house sitters.com, and you'll see on the home page there. We've just got a big sign up now button and you'll be able to head on But it has to be the, it has yeah, to be so the. That traveling house it is. Yep. Right. Okay. Got it. Um, okay. So, and then do you, uh, I mean, ever envision yourself actually owning a house? I think one day down, down the track, but I think being in so many homes now and. This is kind of a good way to decide what we want in a house, I guess, because we've stayed in that many different types of houses and different locations so it's kind of good for us to figure out what we might like in a house. But at this stage, like, we don't really... Plan on buying Yeah, anything. we don't plan on buying anything at the moment. Or It's just giving us a good idea what we would and wouldn't buy. <laughs> right. Well, that, well, that's going to bring me up. What is the swankiest, fanciest place that you guys stayed at? Ooh. I would say one of our first house sets, we, um, we house set in... Was it South Dublin? And it was two houses down from Bono's house. So that was quite a, that was a swanky neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, that was a very, very swanky neighborhood. How, um, how many uh, square meters or, how, I mean, was it like, or maybe don't say square meters. How about how many rooms was there in the house? Were there? It was about five or six bedrooms and five or six bathrooms. It was ginormous. And that's what I said to Jago. I would never have a big house because we'd spend, <laughs> we'd spend bloody two hours a day cleaning it. <laughs> yeah, that was a big, big effort to clean that house to um, move out of. Right. We're more, what we're about, more suited to you... the nice little kind of little spaces, <laughs> tiny living kind of style, I think. Right. Um, did, did they have like 17 cats too? <laughs> no that was one was it a labrador that dog yeah one labrador and it it did a hundred meter walk down the driveway once a day and that was its exercise <laughs> yeah so um so the lesson learned is that actually swanky houses may not be all that wonderful because when you're leaving you've got to do a major cleanup a hundred percent yes that was, that was a, a good few like a good half day sort of full day cleaning that house mm-hmm because that's something so do you, that we we think it's very important, you know, to leave the house in in a better condition than when you turn up. So when we leave, we yeah, we try to do the best clean that we can. Right. Absolutely. No, I agree with that a hundred percent. That's the definitely what gives what's given me some good references on Rover is just the fact that you know my wife cleans up like incredibly, and so exactly what you said, which is leave it better than you found it. It's Great guys. Do really appreciate when they come back from their holiday they don't have to think about you know oh i have to clean up the house now and everything's not quite right so we do put a lot of a lot of effort in trying to make it good for them no that's brilliant that's excellent uh, advice well guys i know you have to catch a plane to go 
to your cat and your cat. We'll uh, put links to all the resources that you mentioned on the show notes. And I really thank you so much and uh, congratulations on such a wonderful way of life. I hope you've inspired and encouraged other people to do the same because uh, I think too often we're wedded to, you know, homo sapiens were nomadic when we started, right? That's what we were. We were nomadic and we were hunter-gatherers. We were like moving all the time. And somewhere along the line, Homo sapiens became more sedentary. And I don't know if that's really 100% in our DNA, I guess. Our DNA is more nomadic. And yet people like you and me are seen as weirdos. And even though that's kind of what... <laughs> we were all think, weirdos back then. <laughs> I think people are just too comfortable with their stuff. Yeah. <laughs> they want to stay put <laughs> with their couch and their bed and... No, I don't want to move around. <laughs> no, we're we're built for this lifestyle, and I think a lot of other people are as well. But they're just a little bit too nervous to take those first steps into, or kind of taking those steps out of the norm. Yes. Well, congratulations again, and have fun with your cat on your catamaran. And that concludes this episode of the Wander Learn podcast, where we explore travel technology and transformation. If you'd like to see the show notes with links to what we talked about, or if you'd like to comment on the show, or if you'd like to ask me a question, then go to wanderlearn.com and click on this episode. Tour Radar sponsored this episode and is also sponsoring an amazing travel contest for the Wander Learn audience. Every month, enter to win a new Tour Radar contest for a chance to win a life-changing travel adventure. To toss your name into the hat, just go to tourradar.com slash wanderlearn. If you'd like to connect with me, just remember FTAPON. That's my first initial and my last name. FTAPON is the username I use on all social media. You can also get to my website by going to ftapon.com. And here's one more reason to remember FTAPON. If you like what I do and would like to get rewarded for supporting my projects, then go to patreon.com slash FTAPON. That's where you can pick up some remarkable rewards for as little as $2 a month. And now, five quick favors. Number one, subscribe to the Wander Learn podcast. Two, don't forget to download it. Three, share it. Four, review it. And then five, sign up for my newsletter at wanderlearn.com. Our theme music was composed by Eric Stratman. This is France Tapon encouraging you to wander and learn.